Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com. A ministry of Silver Birch Ranch, and that's where we're hanging out today and always is on the beautiful campus of Silver Birch Ranch in the north woods of Wisconsin. If you've never been here, I encourage you to come and check us out. Head over to silverbirchranch.org. We have a lot of variety of retreats that we host from men's retreats, women's retreats, father-son, mother-daughter, couples retreats. We have a winter family camp coming up um, that is between the Christmas and New Year's time frame, and we do a winter jam, which is for middle school and high school students in, uh, on Super Bowl weekend of all time. So we'd love to have you. Otherwise, Now, are you here for the family camp weekend? Are you around? I host it, Dave. All right. Well, I didn't know. Sometimes you and Brad. You're, you're around, too. I know. I'm speaking at it. So we're inviting all the listeners. All of them. Go to silverbirdranch.org and get signed up for the Winter Family Camp. And uh, I'll speak. Jason will host, and we'll we'll meet you while you're here. And it'll be a blast. Now, you're doing something else in the winter, too. You do it with high school kids. What's it called? Winter Jam. And can people sign up for that? Yep, they can sign up for that. Now, can old people sign up for that? What's the age requirement? Uh, middle school and high school students. All right. It's anti-old people. So if you're a middle school or high school person, you can go to the website and sign up for that. Yep. And if you're an old person like myself, you have to bring young people and be their counselor or something in order to come. So it's not anti-old people. It's anti-old people just coming by themselves. Old people come and have fun, too. Yeah, they they can. With their students. With their students. That's right. And, you know, that's really important. Uh, I would encourage anyone who is a mature adult, you put the age in there, I don't care. You should be going to camp at least a weekend, a week, a year with kids so that you can go and horseback ride and ski and do different things just to build relationships with them. So when you talk, it's not just all about I'm talking, but I'm not part of your life. Yeah. Camp gives you a a chance to be part of their life. So go to silverbirdtrans.org. Take a look at that. Uh, Likewise, uh, people should be looking at signing up their their young people for college next year. Yep. Correct? Absolutely. And we do a one-year Bible program called Nicolay Bible Institute. Yep. Which is a unique thing because you can earn college credit and have fun learning how to serve within the camping ministry context. Yep. And, I, you know, of all the students that we've had over the years, many of them look back to the year that they spend here as a significant stepping stone for them. Absolutely. And it's, it's just a great value. So head over to NicolayBibleInstitute.org. Otherwise, you can go to SilverTrance.org and, and click on the link. That, click your way there. You know. It's the way you, it, it's click your way there. Click your way there. That's right. But you get to hang out with goons like us. That's for the right. Entire and then I do another, I do a men's retreat in the spring. You do. So if men want to come in the spring, go sign up for that. If you are family camp winter, sign up for that. Nicolay Bible Institute, go take a look at that. Uh, we love serving. So give us an opportunity to serve you or your family. We'd be excited to have you here. That's right. Uh, so Jason, I want to ask you some questions because I'm an old guy. This is younger, older. I'm the older part of the younger. Yes. And that's a very profound obs- observation. Yeah. But I'm confused by your generation. Uh, sometimes I am too, Dave. Yeah, but I'm really confused. I mean, yeah. to the point where I don't even want to hear people talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, touche. Yeah. Here's how, though. I'm, my sure. whole life has been in education. Okay. So I, I, I actually am a trained teacher, went to Wheaton College, got my education degree, got a master's in education, have taught all my life. I understand the educational system. I used to put together curriculum and write curriculum, and I, I mean, I understand this stuff. Yes. The stuff they're teaching today in schools, I don't think should be taught. It's no. an indoctrination. It isn't teaching. Yes. I'm not sure that parents are aware of the radicalism that's going on in the schools. And if they are, where's the outcry against it? Mm-hmm. 
do, do you, does your generation now if if I start saying things that I believe people can dismiss me as my generation old just let the guy you know disappear right where is the outrage in your generation for some of these things because it's happening under our watch and right. your kids are the ones that are in school my kids are gone mm-hmm. they're, they're old people you know they're your age so right. They're not being influenced right now by the school, but the kids are that are in there. And you have kids just starting in this system. Right. And we're not sure how long they're going to last in the system, if yeah. we're being honest. Well, one of the things that I'm concerned about, yeah, we were watching a video of a sex education class in a school. Right. How old were the kids, you think, in that? I would say that they're, they were middle school students. Okay. You know, maybe... Maybe sixth grade? Yeah. You know, I'd say, like, between the 10 to 12... Maybe 11 and 12 age, it looked like. You when know, you so were six, 10 to 12 six, years seven, old, eight. were you thinking about sex education? Um, no. I wasn't either. So when did this I start? I mean, I was, that might have been the point where it was like, all right, maybe I don't believe in cooties. Yeah, right. You know? Did, no, you, have co- did you have cooties in oh, yeah. your oh, generation? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, don't even, I haven't even heard that term used anymore, No, we used to. I we wish used, we still had cooties. I wish so. <laughs> we, you know, I just didn't. I, I had a best friend down the block. It, she was a girl, but she was a typical tomboy. Yeah. And when she turned, I, I keep laughing about this, when she knew she was a girl, when she figured that out, by that I mean she had, went through adolescence. Right. She wasn't my friend anymore. She wouldn't climb trees. She wouldn't do things. She was dressing in pretty clothes. And yeah. It was like, what happened to the kid that we used to, you know, throw rocks together at you know, frogs and stuff and, right. and, and climb trees and jump out of them and play with my soldiers. And all of a sudden she was a girl and she disappeared. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that was fine. I, I was growing up and learning. There's a difference between guys and girls, you right. know? And, um, and now today, if you say something like that, people, that's so politically incorrect. How did she turned in, you know, she realized she was a girl. Well, no, I mean, physically that's what she was. Yeah. And, and one day that took over. Mm-hmm. Because that's who she is. Right. Um, now I may be old-fashioned, but I I talked to some doctors. I have a good friend that's a that teaches gynecology actually at the University of Illinois, I believe. I, I'm not sure, so he does teach down in Illinois. I think it's University of Illinois, and he practices. And I I asked him. I said, "So is, is there anything to this gender thing?" And he just laughed at me. Mm-hmm. He said, "Scientifically, you're either I mean, you're born a boy or you're born a girl. That, right. That's." That's it. No more discussion. I said, so why are we discussing this? Right. Why are we discussing this? Because people are confused. They make the simple things confusing. How, how can they make this confusing? You're either a boy <laughs> or a girl. <laughs> That's what I thought. So how do we make it confusing? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay, let, let's logic this out somehow. Yes, let's, let's logic. Do you think we've been politically incorrect enough yet today? Uh, we can I, go further. So uh, Jason.Kemper at SilverBirdsRanch.org is how you get a hold of him <laughs> if you want to talk about today's show. Yep, um, send me an email. Yeah, send him an email. He, he'd be glad to talk to you about these things. I, I am thinking, okay, my own theory at this point is that Christianity is simple. Yeah. Satan makes it unsimple, complicated. Mm-hmm. Because when it's complicated, you can find loopholes. Yeah. And you don't have to abide by the simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, let me throw taxes out there. Do you understand the tax code? No. Have you ever read the tax code? No. 
you could be like Nancy Pelosi and say, after I pass it, I'll read it, and then I'll know what it might say. I, I have no idea what's in the tax and code. And even if you were to give me the tax code and I were to read five pages of it, I wouldn't be able to summarize those five pages yes. to you. You know, I have asked accountants who do taxes for a living if they've read the whole tax code. 100% of them so far have said no. <laughs> and they do it for a living. Uh, now, they laugh at me when I say it because each of them specialize in certain areas, so they would read certain parts of the tax code. Yeah. And I'm sure they know those parts. I, I'm, not saying they're, I'm not saying that every accountant is incompetent. I'm saying that the ones that I've talked to have not read the entire tax code. Right. I don't even know how long the entire tax code is. Too long. Yeah, but yeah, and it's it's full of government language, so it doesn't make any sense anyway. Yeah. So wouldn't it be easier if I'm the government? Let's say I'm in charge of the government, and I come to you okay. and I say, here's the taxes, Jason, 10% of your money. No loopholes, no way around it. Everybody, a billionaire and somebody who made 20 bucks, 10% goes to the government. Okay. Is that hard to understand? No. How much time would you spend on your taxes? Uh, about a minute. Okay. How much time do you spend now? Um, quite a bit. And, and, and some people hire people to do them. Right. They spend a quite a bit of money. Why are, why are we hiring people and spending hours doing taxes? It's crazy. Because it's complicated. Yeah. And we are trying to go through this complicated system that was written by people so that they could take advantage of not paying taxes. Mm-hmm to figure out how we can pay taxes but not pay taxes. <laughs> Even sounds confusing. I know it does. So I think that when you start getting that complicated yeah, um, and you look for the loopholes, that you take some of the joy out of life. Because right now what you're doing is you're trying to figure out something and trying to squeeze as much as you can out of it. That, for example, when I used to do taxes, and we, we would buy a computer program, and I would do taxes at home, and my girls were funny when they were growing up. It was like, oh, tax day, everybody out of the house. Dad's doing taxes. Let's get out of here. And I'm thinking, I'm insulted. I go, Dad, you get crabby. When mm -hmm. you do taxes, you get crabby. Yeah. And I said, really? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there thinking, so do you get crabby when you do taxes? I actually don't. Yeah, let's see, I did. Just because I'm at the stage of life where I know there's a reward at the end. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always got a reward too, but I remember once I I was writing a letter to the whoever whoever we send the taxes to, Moscow, whoever gets them. <laughs> and and I I was trying to figure out something and I I wrote this note and I said, "My name is Dave Wager. I have a master's degree in education." When you write this so I understand it, I'll send it to you. Yeah. How and I showed it to my wife, and she wouldn't let me send it. Mm. She's telling me I have a bad attitude. The truth is, I do have a master's in education. I love reading philosophy, history. I can't make heads or tails out of the tax code. I just want to pay my bill. Right. I don't want to pay more than my bill. I just want to pay my bill. Yeah. Make it simple, please. If anyone's listening in Washington, D.C., I know you're all busy yelling at each other and trying to figure out how to straighten each other out. But if you can figure out how to straighten the tax code out, that would be nice, too. <laughs> if you get some time in between yelling at each other, perhaps you can uh, talk a little bit about how taxes could be reformed and make it simple for the common man. 
Yeah. Um, I would really be for a flat tax. I would ten percent yeah. across the board, whatever whatever it would be. Right. You know, I mean, I think uh, the only ones it wouldn't be are those that benefit from the complexity. Right. And there are many that benefit from the complexity. Right. And that's what I think we have to watch in Christianity. Mm-hmm. People who benefit from the complexity. Mm. And I think we make it complicated on purpose so that we can benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, ministries, for example, you're married, correct? Yeah. Uh, there are many family ministries out there. And you know what? I think they do a great job. I'm not going to blast any of them. But I honestly think that there's a very simple way that you can have a good marriage. Mm-hmm. Die to yourself. Mm. So if you die to yourself and, and you listen to God and your wife dies to herself and listens to God, mm-hmm. how bad is your marriage? It would, I would imagine it wouldn't be that bad. That's right. And that's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. So when my marriage is not what it should be, the very first thing that I like to check is am I being self-centered? Right. Or is my wife being self-centered? And we can actually talk about that if we need to. Yeah. Normally, that's the only square we need to go to. Mm-hmm. When that one's checked off, marriage is back to what it should be. Yeah. I have heard so many speakers talk about how complicated marriage is. And I'm thinking, who's complicated it? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's two people. They need to understand. I understand that. But now you're getting into the tax code, kind of. You're getting into all kinds of things. And when you do that, you're going to look for loopholes in relationships. Yeah. And you're going to look for getting paid back somehow, like we do in taxes eventually, and trying to figure out how to make it look like we made less. You know, I mean, we don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, very simple. Okay, let, let's take a look at budgeting. Yep. Okay, nothing to budgeting so so how many seminars are there on you know how to make sure your finances are good and all that kind of stuff how many how many are there you think oh there's lots okay can i can i suggest a real simple one sure don't spend more than you make that's a that's a good simple one yeah how about that yeah You, you know what that would do for our own government and families and don't spend more than you make right now that is why I'm never asked to do a seminar in finance. <laughs> it wouldn't last long enough. Right. Uh, what else do you say? Do, do you have a budget? Yep. Yeah, we do a budget. Okay. So now I guess you could talk about budget and how people budget. And, you know, I, but budget is real simple too, isn't but, it? But at the core of my budget is making sure that we don't spend more than I make. Exactly. That's, I mean, that's a, when it's all said and done, that's pretty much what it is. It's... So what, what makes people spend more than they make? What, what makes people do that? Um, the, the glitz, the glamour, wanting things. Okay. You know, our, our culture, I would say. And when you spend more than you make, does it get complicated? Then it gets complicated. It does, because now you owe people money. That's right. You might not be able to buy the food or medicine you need. Right. Because you owe somebody else for something else you did. Right. And it can get very complicated. So let's say you go to one of those places where you can get a quick loan. Oh, boy. If you ever look at the fine print on that, yeah. and the percent that you have to pay back. Let's I'm say, surprised that's legal. Me too. There's one that's advertised all the time during the news now about um, give us your, your car title. Oh, yeah. And, and it's auto title loans or something. And I'm thinking, 
please, nobody do that. Yeah, because then you're going to need a car because they're going to take your car. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. It, it complicates everything. Well, I needed to buy a couch, so I got a loan, and I put my car up for collateral. I couldn't make the payment. So since I couldn't make the payment, they foreclosed on my car, and they took my home. I don't need a couch. Right. And if you really need a couch, <laughs> reach out to us. We'll get you a couch. Yeah, you know I mean? Honestly, <laughs> you look at these things, or credit card. Right. Have you ever read all the fine print on the credit card? Oh, man. It's crazy. Complicated. Complicated. Now. Loopholes. Have you ever read all the fine print on your health insurance? No. I haven't either. I can't even. That's another gobbledygook of mumbo jumbo that I don't understand. Yeah. I go in and, I, and they ask me if I have health insurance. I give them the card. And well, does this cover? I said, you figure it out to them. I, it's too difficult for me. I only have a master's degree. Right. I can't figure out insurance my in general, whether it whatever it is, is confusing. It is. So when you go to it and you say, OK, let's make a plan. Let's make a biblical plan for like finances. Yeah. So I want to keep it simple because I think everything of God is simple. Yeah. So let's keep it simple. What are the simple principles of finance? Now, number one, let me ask you this question. Who is it that owns all the resources? God. OK. So, number one, I would say, why don't you just act like God owns them all, all right. the resources? Act like it's not yours to begin with. A exactly. So, you're just a steward. It's not yours. You have to manage it. Right, right. So, if you need more than you have, you need to go to God and ask him for more than you have. And Right. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's interesting because, like, like, I understood that, but when it really hit home for me was when I was in Northern Ireland as a missionary because I was 100% um, supported by right. people. And so, all of a sudden... I had a very literal sense of the weight of that because it's like, all right, people are literally giving me money to do everyday life. And so I want to make sure that I'm responsible with that. Exactly. In case, you know, say, say if you gave me money and you were to say, hey, you know, what, what are you spending your money on? Right. You know, I wanted to be able to say, well, here's what I've spent it on and why. Yep. You know, and, but it's the same concept even if you're not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, there, there, I think that the simple rules for money is number one, it's all God's, not yours. Act that way. Yeah. So, th so that's the first thing. Number two, I'm going to go to the negative side. You were not given resources or money to be self-indulgent. Mm. So those two alone will guide your money. Right. Um, and the third thing is I think you need to have a plan for how you use your money. Right. Which would be a budget. Yeah. But you want to apply the first two to the third one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's all God's. It's not for self-indulgence, so why do you have it? Now, I've had so many people come and, and talk to me, especially this time of year, about money and how much should we have in the bank, how much should we have in retirement, ministries, how much should we have in the bank. Right. And every single time I, I have to tell them I don't know. Right. And I'm wondering, why do you come and ask me these questions when I can't give you an answer? Mm -hmm. And I say, well, what do you do? I said, here's, here's the danger point. First of all, I leave it simple. Yeah. I don't think that God put us on this planet to let money control our decision-making process. Right. And I think that he put us on this planet to use everything that we have, our time, our talent, our resources, to show the world who he is. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think it's here for. And I don't want to change that up ever. Right. So I do know that money can be something that I begin to trust. Mm. Yeah. And when I trust money, in any way, shape, or form, it becomes evil. Hmm. 
when I desire money, and I desire that more than I do other things in life, that becomes evil. Right. So money is more of a gauge for me. Mm-hmm. And if I think that I'm set with money, how much uh, you were around the storm at Silver Birch Ranch um, in 2019, correct? Yeah. It's about a 20-minute storm. Do you know how much um, in damage it did to the ministry facility here in 20 minutes? Quite a bit. Do you know how much monetarily? I, I don't know the exact I figure. believe it's in the 800,000 mark yeah. and counting. And counting. 20 minutes. In 20 minutes, yep. How can anybody know that in 20 minutes there would be a swing like that right. of finances? And, and those who are against planning say, I, you know, that's why I don't plan. Right. Well, you know what? I think you need to plan so that you can see that you're inadequate and you got to trust in God. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to plan with what you do have or what you can see yeah. and commit the rest to God. Uh, and that's the simple thing for me. Your children, you have yeah. three boys. Yep. Are they worried about you paying your property taxes this year? No. They wow. don't even... They don't even they don't even know about them. Know about it? They don't even. You haven't sat them down and told them that we have to play, pray, play. We have to pay property taxes. <laughs> no, of course not. No, it's it, why I'm I'm their dad. They're at the point where they barely even understand the difference between five dollars and one dollar. Yeah, and you're their dad. Yep. All they got to do is know you're their dad. Right. Go out and play. Yeah. That's what you do at this age. Yep. All you have to know simply is God's your dad. Mm-hmm. Now listen to him. Be responsible for what your father gives you. Yeah. Represent it well. See, these are simple things, not hard things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would encourage people, write, write down. Here's the simple. Have a notebook somewhere. Call it a simple notebook. Mm-hmm. And write it down in simple areas. So finances at the top page. You put finance on one page. And you put, here's the simple principles. It's all God's. That's number one. It's not to be used for self-indulgence. That's number two. I can never trust it. That's number three. Right. I should have a budget. Number four. Leave it there. Right. Now, if you're in trouble financially, go back and read those four. Right. Adjust to those four things Mm -hmm. and then see how life goes for you. Yeah. Um, Likewise in marriage. Same thing. You get up and turn a page, simple notebook, marriage, you know, relationships, whatever. So at the top of the page, you put, um, you know, my relationship um, is not about me. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you make it about you, it's going to be a miserable relationship. Right. Um, and I would put the second word I would, I would put in there, it's a commitment, not an arrangement. Yeah. So that would be the second thing. Mm-hmm. And then I would leave it. And, and what you're doing is reminding yourself of the two important things of relationships. This yeah. isn't about me. Um, there's a lot of people who have gotten married to meet their own needs. Right. I would suggest that your marriage will be a disaster down the road. Mm-hmm. Because if you have two people that got married to meet their own needs, you have nobody dying to themselves. Right. Not good. Mm-hmm. Now, you can spend thousands of dollars on marriage counseling. Go to a lot of seminars. Yeah. Whatever you want. The bottom line really is if you're going to remain self-centered, you're wasting all your money. Mm-hmm. Take care of the simple first. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not sure those other things are unimportant. Mm-hmm. I think at the exclusion of the simple, they're unimportant. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know your wife, uh, does she like it when you take her out to eat? Not really. 
thing. Mm. Mine does not either. Yeah. So if I went to a seminary and saying surprise or take her out to a fancy restaurant, uh, my wife would look at me and go, what are you doing? Did somebody give you money? Because this better not be ours. (laughs) 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 She doesn't want money spent like that. Right. But she's one of the most generous people I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. She'll let she'll give you money to go out to eat. Yeah. She just won't use it for herself. Right. And and likewise in a bunch of other things, when you look at it, go, you know, make sure you spend my wife, believe it or not, I can buy her an appliance for a gift. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. She's thankful. Yeah. In fact, she told me the other day, we have a we have a vacuum that she loves. Yeah. She said, Boy, if this ever breaks. I said, I'll buy you a new one right away. She goes, please. <laughs> you know, and the thing is, I use it as much as she does. Right. It's just, you know, we went to this cordless. We had cordless for years, and they were all junk. You yeah. Know I mean, about one month later, they don't work. And, sure. And then they came out with these expensive cordless ones, and my kids got them, and they told us how good they were, so we got one. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, man, how do we live without this thing? Right. It's right. a vacuum. <laughs> So I am Mr. Uh, Johnny on the spot if I can make sure that we have that vacuum working and a bunch of other simple things in life that... That's right. I don't think you're going to learn that at a seminar because whenever seminars I went to, first and foremost, in order to have a national seminar, it seems like you have to make a bigger problem out of things so that you have enough to invite people for to talk about it endlessly Yeah. and, and make sure that you're the only expert in the world on it. Right. You know, I don't think I'm an expert at anything. If if I could get, if I were sitting with you and your wife and giving you advice, I'd say, "Do you guys love God? Mm-hmm. Did you spend time in the Word?" No. And if you said no, I'd say, "Well, do that, and I'll be back sometime." I, what else am I going to tell you? Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to say yeah. other than there's a God. Why don't you act like it? And that's what I get to run around the country and do at times is tell people there's a God. Why don't you act like it? Mm-hmm. And leave, and they're going, "This is so profound. Let me take notes." It's like, <laughs> it is profound. Profoundly simple. But it's simple. Yeah. Um, one of the things that my wife and I have done through the years is always work with uh, eight-year-old children, eight to 10-year-old children. Mm-hmm. What that does for us is it continues to allow our brain to be connected to the simple. Yeah. Because if you can explain it to an eight-year-old, you can explain it to an 88-year-old. Mm-hmm. The explanation probably isn't going to be a whole lot different. Yeah. And you've made it simple enough to actually understand. And I think the Bible is simple. Have you ever heard somebody come to you and say the Bible's complicated to understand? I have had people say that. Have you wondered why they've said that? In a way, yeah. You know, I know we're coming to the end of this segment of Younger Older, but maybe the next segment, let's take a few scripture passages and read them and see how complicated they are. Right. Because I I would like to flush that one out and say, really? Mm -hmm. The Bible's complicated? Right. Um, So let's do that. Yeah, I think that's a great idea because I I feel like there's so many topics within this idea of simplicity that we could talk about because I think our culture in and of itself, we overcomplicate things. And in the process of overcomplicate things, we create lies and deception. Um, But then even on the simple things, you know, like you said at the start of the show, Satan uses the confusion to model the simplicity of the gospel. And I think that's something that we could talk about on future episodes. But unfortunately, on this episode, we're out of time. But uh, we thank you for joining us. I encourage you, if you missed part of the show or if you just want to, if you're new to it, 
new to it or you want to catch up on other episodes, head over to Relate365.com. And you can check out this show and even some other shows that we do and find some resources because we love being able to just share our conversations with you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you here next time on Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave. Take care.